Welcome to Enough with the Small Talk. I'm your host, Katie Lane. I'm your emotional support coach and life coach, here to help you navigate this little thing we call living. Are you done with the surface level life, over surface level conversations, you're craving that deep emotional support where you can bear your soul to someone who cares? That's me. I'm that person. I'm that best friend that everyone thinks is their therapist, you know, except I'm not a therapist, but that's okay. I'm here to emotionally support you, help you acknowledge and recognize the things that you've actually gone through, and to show you that what you feel is valid and that the key to moving forward and healing is understanding exactly who you are. So I can't wait to dive in. Welcome back, you lovely humans. So today's episode is going to be all about diving into these key phrases that all of us just love so much. You're too young. Time will heal. Oh, everything will be okay. Everything happens for a reason. You don't even look like you're in pain. Are you really in pain? You know, all these kind of cliche go-to sayings that are very infuriating as someone who's experienced copious amounts of pain for long periods of time. But Katie Lane being Katie Lane is going to dive into a different perspective that maybe you've never thought of or heard of. Um, This is all going to be very much about owning our own story, owning our own pain and our own journey, honoring how we feel, validating how we feel but also diving into the brain of the person who is saying the thing that makes us so mad and actually providing and and being a little bit more empathetic and expanding kind of our understanding and our perspective of why are these people constantly saying these cliche sayings, right? And taking responsibility for our own healing, owning how we feel, but also being more understanding that a lot of times where other people are coming from is actually from a place of like empathy, love, wanting to provide us with hope, even though we take it as a hit or as a dismissive response. So let's dive in. You're too young. I mean, that's one, you guys, that I've heard my entire journey. I got hurt when I was 21. And I... At first, and you go through phases, like at first you're new to it, you hear it, you're like, oh, you're right, I know I am. And then you hear it and you're still in pain for years or months or however long, and then people are still saying it and you're like, oh my God, you think I don't know this? Like, (laughs) and that's when it starts to become bothersome is after a period of time goes by that you start to hear the same things over and over again. And why is it bothersome to us? Because oftentimes we feel A, dismissed. We feel like our pain is minimized. We feel like they really don't understand. And then we feel like, well, that didn't help us. And we get angry, right? And I've been through this. So I'm gonna share some of these mindset shifts, these insights, but also kind of steps that you can take. What can you do to help yourself not feel so angry or like offended or belittled or minimized by all of these sayings? So you're too young. It could always be worse. This is a big one, right? It could always be worse. There's always someone that has it worse than you, right? Time will heal. Time heals all. Like just give it time. 
Are you, this is, now this is an interesting one. And I posted in the, in my group, Enough of the Small Talk, which I will link in the show notes. That's my free community for women. If you're on your healing journey, join us in there. It's free. I offer free support, free coaching in there. Um, and it's a way for you to connect with other women experiencing similar things. So I asked the question in there, what are the common answers? Like, What are you guys sick of hearing? Or what is so hurtful or bothersome to you that people keep saying about your pain? And this is where I gathered this list. Um, and one that my friend said, do you take pain meds? I have them. And this is something that I battled with too, was people... Pain meds is its whole, and I'll dive into this in other episodes, but pain meds is its whole other thing. But what comes to my mind and what we're talking about is, well, are you taking pain meds to help? Well, are you on pain meds? Or why aren't you on pain meds, right? That's a huge one. That was always very bothersome to me. Or what are you taking for it, right? The other one is everyone has pain here and there. You'll be fine. Another one, it's going to get better. Oh, it's going to, oh, it's going to get better. Just believe or just have faith. You know, you'll be fine. Oh, I know it. You'll be okay. Oh, you'll be okay. Everything happens for a reason, right? And then this is a big one. You don't look like you're in pain. Are you sure you're injured? Or are you sure it's that bad? Or I'm sure it's only temporary. Or I'm sure it's not going to be that bad for that long. Like you don't even look like you're in pain. You can't be in that much pain, right? So these are some of the big ones. And if you guys have any other ones that come to the forefront as you're listening to this, like I would love for you guys connect with me. Tell me, like get on my social medias, come in my group. It, a lot of you probably know me personally. Just shoot me a message. And tell me, because I would love to continue talking about these, because I think the different perspectives are so important. So, the you're too young. This is, you know, like I said earlier, it makes us feel dismissive. Like, it doesn't acknowledge our pain in any way, right? So, when someone says, oh, you're too young, you're kind of left feeling like you don't know what to say. And this is how I always felt, is like, Basically, like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, you know, and the women in my group said, and in the, the women in the Back Pain Lady Club have said, like, yeah, yeah, no shit there, buddy. Like, you think I don't know, right? Like, that's kind of our innate, to get angry and be like, yeah, no kidding. Like, I'm the one living with it, right? And, but if we put ourselves, like, this is what I really started doing. If you put yourselves in the shoes of the person who's saying it, right? Look at my situation, okay? People have been saying this since I got hurt. 21, I'm 28 now. You're too young. They're right, you guys. You know, what they mean, and I, you know, I have always felt like, well, how is there a time frame? Like, is there a time? And doctors used to say this to me, you're too young. The other thing, like people who have the option to get surgery, a lot of doctors, you know, you're too young to get surgery. You're too young for this. You're too young for this. And... You know, why they're saying it in the medical realm, I think, is much different as to why they're saying it in uh, people who are in our personal life saying it. People in our personal life, you're in your 20s. Yeah, it's a shame. It sucks. You are too young. And they mean that nine times out of 10 in like a loving, empathetic way of like, 
Like this sucks. Like you, this is a time in your life that you shouldn't be physically limited. You shouldn't be physically restricted. You shouldn't be dealing with this much pain and should and shouldn't is a very controversial thing, right? There's a lot of people that are like, well, what, how do you even determine what should or shouldn't? Okay. Well, the fact of the matter is it is, it's unfortunate that you're in your twenties or your thirties, your forties, your fifties. And you're dealing with this, right? So we take such offense to it. We feel like it's so dismissive. And oftentimes it's because it doesn't solve anything for us. A lot of times we react the way we react because we're waiting, hoping, and praying for someone to say something that's actually going to make us feel better. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to get that from someone else. Or you might, but stop looking to other people to say the right thing. And I can say this because I lived there. I used to get so mad. My poor brother, oh, I love him dearly, you know? And he's a truth talker and he <laughs> he's helped me so much. He doesn't even know it. Oh God, I might cry. Oh, I love my brother so much. It makes me so emotional. <laughs> but like he, it, you know, like I look up to him so much, right? And he has said a lot over the years that has made me feel better. But he has also said things that are just truth. And the thing with truth is it doesn't always make us feel better, right? But that's okay. It's not that the person who's saying it doesn't love you, the person who's saying it doesn't care about you, the person who's saying it doesn't feel for you. They're saying these things and a lot of times... You know, these cliche go-to sayings are cliche for a reason. They're go-to for a reason because they do have some weight behind them. Yeah, it's unfortunate that we're so young and dealing with this. That is true. Does it solve anything? No. But is it truth? Yes. Are they a bad person and mean us ill will? And are they trying to be dismissive and hurtful? Most likely not, you know? And the thing is too, is if people who haven't gone through this they don't know. Like we cannot be looking to people who have not experienced what we've experienced. We cannot look to them for that deep emotional relatability support kind of like things to say that are just going to make us feel better. We might not find that from people who haven't experienced it. You might not find it from people who have, right? We have to remember that people all live on different emotional planes. I think this is a big thing too. Like I've struggled with people saying certain things to me because I'm like, why would you say that? <laughs> right? Like, but I, I really had to do some hardcore self-reflection and say, Katie, you are you. Like you live in your mind. You live in your emotions. Like I am a very, I on a soul level feel other people's emotions and I feel my emotions deeply and I very much understand the way humans feel and what the connections that are being made in like our body and our brain and our mind and our hearts. And when you're that in tune with the human like experience and human emotions, it makes it really hard to understand like people who aren't, why they say what they say or why they react the way that they react. Like people who aren't as emotionally in depth as you, they're not going to respond with the level of empathy that you're looking for. And you need to just know that and accept that. That there's a lot of like human design work that like I've looked into and done and just learning about the way that people are actually designed, right? You can actually learn a lot about people from their 
astrology sign. Like there's so many ways to get to know the people in your life on an actual like soul level of how they were designed and it will make sense as to why they're not responding in the ways that you want, right? They're not wired the same way. So we need to stop looking to these people for the responses that we want. And what my biggest suggestion to you guys is always going to be after all of these is you need to get yourself around people who get it, people who will respond in the way that you're looking for. Because what it does, excuse me, is it makes it easier to just let these comments roll off. When your family says something to you, when your friends say something to you, when a doctor says something to you and your instant reaction is they just don't get it. Rather than being so infuriated and stewing about it and like being pissed at the world and what's wrong with healthcare, what's wrong with people, right? Katie Lane lived here for a very long time. When you have a place, this is why I created the Back Pain Lady Club. I'll also link that here. The Back Pain Lady Club is a space all about healing, empowerment, resources, connection, and community. Connecting with other women that are going through the same thing. There is nothing quite like the support of others who understand. It's going to open up so many doors, so many windows, so many avenues of healing, and so much self-awareness within yourself. And what that does, you guys, is it allows you to not let these other comments from other people impact you and bring you down so much. Find support from people who get it, okay? Um, you know... So that's like my whole spiel on you're too young and it could always be worse. Now, this is a big one that I grew up hearing a lot of like, and, and it's true and I appreciate this phrase. So I might have an unpopular opinion on this because I see this in a, in a, in a few different ways. It could always be worse. I think this can be helpful in certain emotional states that we're in, I think perspective is healthy. Okay, I don't think, you know, the thought of it could always be worse is going to fix you, is going to get you out of wherever you're at. I don't think it's the answer. I don't think it's going to be helpful for everyone. I think it could always be worse as one of those just little tools to have, key phrases to have in the back of your mind kind of all the time. That perspective is really true. But... It does not take away from the weight of what you're going through. And this is huge. And this is where I say I am never going to be one to invalidate how you feel. And I think the problem with the statement, it could always be worse, is it makes us feel like what we're feeling is invalid. Or it makes us feel like we're overreacting. And that's that kind of gaslighting, being dismissed by people in our life and in our world. And that's really, really hurtful to be dismissed by those that you look to for that comfort and that support, right? But the thing is, the perspective is healthy to know that there's hope in that statement. And I think that's why a lot of people cling to that. It could always be worse and use that to say to someone else to try to make them feel better is because if you really think about that, that is a statement filled with so much hope because it means that you can get better or you can, you could get worse. 
And, but we might not always feel that that's true. Like when we're at our rock bottom, regardless of if someone else's rock bottom on paper looks worse, like we might feel like we are already at our worst. Like, no, it can't get worse, right? <laughs> it, 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 it could always be worse. No, it can't, right? Is how we feel. But I just want you guys to put yourself in the, in the shoes of the person who's saying it. And I think people who are saying it are just trying to provide us with hope to say like, you're, you will be okay. It could be worse, but it's not like cling to that hope, you know? But this is where we have to like, like, I don't think anyone is ever saying that to us to, to be dismissive. I think a lot of times people cling to these cliches because they just don't know what else to say, right? And part of owning our story and part of owning our own journey is knowing that, knowing that other people based on their experiences will only have so much of a level of understanding and empathy for us. We cannot get mad at other people who A, can't go to the level of depth that we can or that we want and B, that haven't been through it, you guys. If they haven't been through it, they cannot truly on like a human level fully relate and that's not their fault. So it's okay to be angry when someone says this. It's okay to feel the way you feel because you're human and it and I understand that it makes us feel a certain way, but it's not we really we direct our anger at the person and I don't think that's always warranted, right? Because just like we're doing our best, they're doing their best, right? And if they're not, if you're surrounding yourself with people where you're like, "Katie, no, like I have people in my life that just don't give a mm, then move on. That's, this is where it is also your responsibility to make the choice of who you're surrounding yourself with. And this is something I've talked a lot about, and this is hard, because family isn't always people that you would choose to have in your life, right? And this is where a lot of times these key phrases are coming from people in our family, and that's why it can be so hurtful, because, you know, they're supposed to be the people that support us more than anything. And this is something that I've, I've dealt with a lot with the women that I've worked with on a one-on-one -on -one basis. This conversation has come up a lot. And this is really owning our story and choosing what we say to who. If you know you're going to be met with dismissive answers someone brushing off your pain, if you know you're going to be met with what you don't want to be met with, don't bring it up. Or if it's someone that you cannot get through to, if it is truly someone that you just cannot communicate effectively with, you have the choice there to put yourself in that situation or not. This is something that I've had to really, really kind of hone in on in my life. Um, and... If it is someone that there's room there for work on that relationship, to work on your communication, this is where I love this saying, you guys, you are responsible for 100% of your 50% of every relationship. Oh my gosh, let me say that again. You, so we are 100% responsible for our 50% of every relationship, right? 
Meaning if you have a relationship in your family and your friends and your life that is worth it to you, that that you know there's hope there to get on a different plane of communication and to get them to see your perspective. And it's so, so important to you that they truly get it, work at it. But know and own that it is work. Rewiring, retraining, working on communication with people in your life is a long process. We're all conditioned to be the way we are throughout our life experiences. We react the way we react. We are what we are, but there is room to change, expand, and grow within that. So really owning your 100% of your 50% of every relationship and maybe approaching it from different angles, but really trying to make, make it work. Make, try to get in their brain, right? Why are they responding the way that they're responding? How does it make you feel when they say, letting people know it makes me feel A, B, and C when you say this? Try to have that open line of communication if it really, really matters to you, right? Um, wow, this is going to be a long one, guys. I could go on forever about all of this. Now, where was that one? I was talking about how it could always be worse, right? Um, those feelings of just being dismissed. So my point there was that I think a lot of people see hope in that statement and that's why they tell us, right? And saying that you really can choose who you open up to and who you don't based on you know how they're going to respond. And is that response conducive to you moving forward and you healing or is it not? And it's up to you and it's your choice to make the decision of what you say to who, Right? Regardless of if you really wish you could talk to someone, maybe you just can't. And that's where it's so powerful to have a community of people where you can. Now, time will heal. Another one of these statements that like, there's a lot of truth in that. I think it's very dismissive of our current reality. That's how we feel, right? Because it's like, well, what about the here and now? It completely dismisses what we're feeling in these current moments, which is freaking hard. Again, most of these statements make us feel completely dismissed or brushed under the rug. And that's why they're so hurtful. And who's saying it makes it even more hurtful, right? So time will heal. Yeah, but when? So again, a lot of these provide healthy perspective, but they're not on their own usually enough to, ki to kickstart any change or to make us actually feel better, right? We just need to, to know this about these sayings and know that the people who are saying it have good intentions and move on. These sayings will continue to exist. They have been cliches, they have been go-to sayings, they are established phrases and they're going to stick around for a while. So know that, right? Recognize how they make you feel. Recognize the intention of the person saying it. Let it out to a circle of people who understand if you need to vent it out and then move on. Don't let these phrases bring you down, right? Do you take pain meds? Now, this is one for me and many others that I work with. Pain meds are, like I said, a realm within itself. And there's no shame in using prescriptions for to manage your pain, to manage your symptoms. 
I am someone who chooses to try and exhaust all natural roots first before taking a pain medication. And if that's not how you roll, I get it and it's okay. But for someone to say, well, are you on any pain meds? Also can feel very dismissive because how I look at this is like, okay, well, even if I was, that's not fixing the problem, right? So that statement, again, isn't very helpful, but it is a go-to solution that the person who's saying it might see for you. Well, have you tried this? Well, are you taking this? Well, I take these pain meds and it helps, right? Or, well, you have an option here. Why aren't you using it? And this is where everyone has their own outlook on pain meds. Everyone has their own experience with pain meds, their opinions, their beliefs. That is one you have to let roll. Take the suggestion in. No, this is where owning who you are, being strong in what you believe and understanding why you feel the way you feel, having the confidence to stand where you stand. Let them say it to you, let them make their suggestions, but you know in your brain what you're gonna do and what choices you're gonna make and that's okay. And stick with that, right? That's your choice to make. And you really don't have to explain to anybody why you're choosing not to use pain meds or why you are choosing to use pain meds. Um, I think it's a shame that in the medical world, and I dealt with this with dealing with disability and insurance companies, I was denied assistance because I wasn't on pain meds and because I, it was, well, you must not be that bad if you're not on pain meds. Right. Regardless of what I believe, regardless of how I felt, honestly, pain meds didn't help me. I was on pain meds when I was out of the hospital, the 12 times I was in the hospital, right? They would dope me up and they would send me on my way and I'd be home with a steroid dose pack and some pain meds that would last for three weeks. And I would just never refill them because quite honestly, for me, it didn't help. And I, the way that I looked at pain meds, was I didn't want to mask a problem or mask pain and cause more damage, right? This is That was a fear for me that outweighed the benefit of taking them. And that's just how I feel about me, right? And with the context of my life and what I've experienced, the risk of me doing more damage because I can't feel what's wrong isn't worth taking the pain down. Right? And I worked really hard to find ways to manage my pain naturally to where I felt like I could be functional. Um, and I understand not everyone is in a position to do that. But it can be really hard when people assume you should be taking pain meds or assume if you're not taking pain meds, well, your pain can't be that bad. Mm -mm. Right? So regardless of where you stand on this, you have to understand that there's so many layers and different scenarios and different experiences within the realm of medication, pain meds, and are you taking them, are you not? Pain meds are not, I repeat, are not a measure of how much pain you're in. Whether you're taking pain meds or not, are not a measure of how much pain you're in. Now, other people will very much disagree with that statement. Know that. Know that there are going to be people that disagree on that and move on.org, right?
It's going to get better. You know, this is similar to time will heal. It's going to get better. Again, this is really hard to hear in the present because how do you know that? That's how I always felt. Oh my gosh. Oh, so many people would tell me it's going to get better. And I'd be like, but how do you know that? Like it's been this long. How can you sit there and tell me it's going to get better? Like you don't, you can't predict the future. You don't know that, right? Especially if you're someone who's tried so many things, you've been in pain for so long, you've exhausted so many options, it's like you don't see how this can get better. Yet you have people telling you time and time again, it's going to get better, it's going to get better. And it's like, what is that, just blind faith? Is that blind hope? And yeah, a lot of people, it is, you know? A lot of people have that comfort that they believe it will get better. If you are not someone that believes it will get better. That's really, really hard to hear. And it can feel very dismissive of your current reality that you're living. And it's kind of empty hope, right? Again, put yourself in their shoes. It's a statement that to them, they feel they're providing you with hope. You know, it's one of those go-to cliche sayings that people revert to when they don't know what else to say you know and it's probably because if someone is saying that to you it's one of two things either they've been through it and they did get better right they have the grounds to stand on to tell you it's gonna get better like I've been there right and a lot of times that carries more weight when it's someone that's been through it or two it's someone that hasn't gone through it and they don't really know what else to say so they want to give you a dose of hope and be that positive, uplifting person for you. And what's wrong with that? You know, does it help? Maybe not. Does it make us feel a certain way? Yes. But if their intention is true and good and honest, know that, right? And then a big one is you don't look like you're in pain. Are you sure it's that bad? Are you sure you're actually injured? You don't even look like you're in pain. It can't be that bad. This is such a big one and this is so hard because pain scales, this is another thing that like what you look like isn't a measure of your pain. What you say isn't a measure of your pain. There's so many layers to this that people handle pain differently. Like the simple, the simple answer here, everyone handles pain differently. This is why pain scales are so maddening to people living in pain because there's no context in a pain scale, right? And my 10 could be someone's two and my two could be someone's 10. So when your care and your treatment is based on your pain scale in the eye of the patient, it can feel really like, like, oh, okay, my pain scale is a four, but that's because it's better than it's felt in the past, but I'm still really struggling here. But if I say my pain is at a four, I'm not going to get help, right? And then a lot of times as the patient, we're put in a position where we feel like we have to lie or we feel like we have to lay it on thick. Or if you're someone like me, I'm like, I don't even know how to explain it. I don't do good with pain scales or numbers or like rating, like on, I'm not good with scales because what's, I know that it's all relative and it's so big. And I'm like, what's the point of this? Like, that's not going to tell you anything. Like, ask me about my day to day. Ask me about my symptoms, right? 
And that's the context that is left. And that's what we have to remember is that when someone says, you don't look like you're in pain, they have no idea what the context is. They have no idea to the insights. And either you choose to tell them and let that person in or you don't, but you know that they just don't know the whole story. They can't see the whole picture, right? And if you don't look like you're in pain, no one would ever think you were. That's just, it is what it is, right? It doesn't mean that, uh, but it can make us feel that people don't believe us. It can make us feel like we're lying. It can, like people think we're lying. It can make us feel extremely, extremely dismissed. Um, it can make us feel kind of stuck in this trap of, I don't want to show my pain because I don't want to be the center of attention. I don't want people to feel bad for me. I don't want... There's a lot of reasons we don't want to show our pain. But then we get caught in this catch-22 of if we don't, then when we're in pain to where it affects our ability to function or go do something or follow through with a responsibility or be somewhere when we said we were going to be there and we use our pain, we tell, we're not using it, but we tell them I can't because of my pain. They're like, what? Like I've never seen you look like you're in pain. And now you're telling me you like can't do this, you can't be in my wedding, you can't come to dinner, you can't watch my kids, you can't do this, right? And it puts us in a, in a very just like icky space of feeling like we have to prove ourselves. And, you know, there's a lot of inner work here that is just having this internal knowing. Like This is what I've had to work on. I've lived in a space... And being on disability was even trickier because you felt like if you showed that you were not in pain one day, that people would be like, you're taking advantage of the system. Why aren't you like, you can go work. You came and sat at the cookout for four hours. You could go get a job. Yet they have no idea that you're bedridden for three days after, right? Or that you, you're just not consistent with your ability, your capabilities and your limitations. So we get caught in this catch 22 of like, do I show my pain? Do I not? And then oftentimes we don't know. We feel like people look at us and think we're lying. And it's what I've had to work on is this internal knowing that regardless of what I'm capable of today, I know I'm being truthful. I know I'm honoring my injury, my pain, my limitations, and what's going on with me. Only I know the full story. Only I know. And having that rooted understanding within yourself, regardless of what other people say or what we assume other people are thinking, doesn't matter because at the end of the day, we know. And we're the ones that have to live with it. And knowing that they don't know the full story, the full picture. And it can be really tricky not to assume that people are judging us. To assume that people, and these are our own internal fears coming out that we project on other people. Maybe someone has judged us in the past or said something in the past that makes us feel like everyone is going to think, Katie's fine. Everyone's going to think that she's fine because she spent the day with her nieces. Everyone's going to think she's fine because she drove an hour yesterday. Everyone, and that's like, that was in my head. This is what I realized, is people in my life actually understood the inconsistencies of what I was living with more than I thought. I never gave people in my life enough credit to where they, they know they don't know the whole picture, 
right? Um, now, there's been some people who are judgmental and just, mm, who truly, you know, were that accurate, my, my fears in real life. But it can be hard not to project that on everybody else once you've experienced it. So just knowing that you know your reality, you know your truth, and let that be enough, right? So this has been a big topic and... I hope you guys got some perspective shifts out of this. And when you go into your everyday life, like think of this, right? Honor how you feel, own how you feel, but also know that the other person is reacting how they're reacting based on what they've experienced in their life, right? They have the context of what they've been through to create their experience. I mean, their reactions to you. And you're not always going to get what you want. You're not always going to get the reactions that you want. But it doesn't mean that other people are trying to trying to dismiss you. Or that it doesn't mean that they're trying to brush how you're feeling under the rug, right? And my biggest piece of advice that's helped me more than anything is being surrounded by people who have gone through it, right? And that's where I've created the Back Pain Lady Club. I have my free community. So I have resources for you guys one-on-one -on -one support, group support. If you find that elsewhere, find it, whether it's with me or somewhere else, right? But I saw this gap in the medical world going through what I've gone through, this huge gap that's been missing on the emotional aspect of this. The emotional aspect is bigger than the physical aspect. And the emotional aspect is what's missing, that emotional support, that emotional coaching. And I can't help but think, because where we are emotionally, our emotional state dictates a lot of our ability to heal. And if we're not emotionally well, well, the more medication we need, the more pain meds we need, the more procedures we need, the more treatment we need. It keeps us in the system the more emotionally unwell we are. So my biggest piece of advice is to help yourself get and be emotionally well and become an emotionally thriving, right? So I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. I'll link my different methods of support in the show notes for you guys. And as always, take care of yourself.